中央を引き,ずり出して引きずり出して、ピンチラコーもう一発いった、もう一発いった、ついに、ついに、エル・デスペ・ラードが取った !IWGP ジュニアヘビー、デスペラード Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast. The podcast open to everyone. Oh, oh, it's been so long since the last episode, meaning not long at all, that I don't even have an ex- any exceptions or exclusions. Oh, yes, I do.、Uh, except God, because I'm an atheist and all that stuff. That's all I got, Mr. Andy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, <laughs> Luke or Grumpy2, whatever you want to call me. And with me is. My co host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. And hello to the listeners. And hello to New Japan Pro Wrestling, who we, man, beginning of last week, I was really worried. And today, I am not worried anymore. And man, I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. And it's fun because we just kind of like. We just put an episode out, but we figure this stuff's all fresh. It was a great、uh, weekend of show, so let's go ahead and knock it out before we get into some more stuff. And、uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty damn pumped. And just so everyone knows, this is a sweary podcast, so just be aware that we will use naughty words during this podcast recording. And there are ways you could contact us. In fact, people have done that, which is always good. If you wish to contact us on the Tweety, it's at NeverOpenPod, or I'm at Grumpy2EB, or Mr. Andy is at DrusiferTweets, or you can send us an email with words or sounds. Yeah, that, that, that's right, by、uh, emailing us at、uh, NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. Woo!、Uh, I don't think we, we、uh, have that many. Gimmicks and stuff today because、uh, we want to we get straight into it. But yeah, short we... turnaround, but we got a couple emails. We could do those, right? Yeah. Yes, we do. Do you want to do the, the word one or the voice one? Let, let's do the voicemail one first. So we, we heard from our guy Dave Howard.、Uh, so let's, let's hear what he has to say today, okay? If I can get this to work,、yeah. that would be nice. You know, it's working fine and then start recording. It's like, wait a second. So, I'm definitely vamping and just saying words so that there's no dead air. That's all right, man. That's really important. We're stalling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, maybe, I'll、uh, maybe go ahead. Talk maybe go ahead and with. Tell everyone. All right, I'll read it out. Yes. All right. This is from,、uh, I don't know if I'll say his real name, but he's based Cole on the Tweety. He's always interacting with us. He's pretty cool. It is a he, right? Yes, yes. it is. It's a photo there. All right. Okay, so, dear LSJ and Mr. Guy. Oh, LSJ. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's my movie reviews. Oh, he's, he's very nice. I was watching New Japan Strong earlier today, and I believe I figured out why Kozlov sounds so robotic and boring on commentary. It's as if he is trying to cover his accent and use a more professional voice,、mm. because he definitely doesn't sound anywhere near as robotic when he appears on Talk and Shop. Maybe being a little more himself would translate more to engaging commentary. Or maybe it's just the blackness of the void that is their set, sucking the life force out of him every time they record. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the Dickinson versus Narita match. Felt pretty never as fuck. Look forward to hearing your thoughts. Raise hell, praise Dale. 
There you go. Jeez. <laughs> well, I, you know, he could be right. I have not listened to Talking Shop since they went out of, uh, went off the air the first time because I really like that show. And then I just, I don't know. I can't get into it again. I'm sorry. But uh, it, it's just, it's not the same anymore. But um, could, what do you think? You think he's got something with Kozlov or you think it's just the void? I've, well, I've never heard Talking Shop. Uh, so I, I, I'm kind of interested now to track down an episode just so I can hear him speak because uh, his professional voice, as as I've said, it sounds like Mr. You know the the teacher from Ferris Bueller. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is his professional voice, and well, that's a shame. If that's his professional voice, how does he fucking go in job interviews? <laughs> He's fucking sitting there going. On oh, five years' time, I see myself uh, 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 be, be, being here in five years. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Hello, Maybe sir. that's why he did wrestling. So you didn't really have to talk for your interview. You could just wrestle or something. I, Who knows? I really appreciate this job opportunity. And as you can tell, I'm very, very excited about it. As you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I have goose, I have goosebumps. We had to watch Strong this week, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But I got this fixed, so let's listen to Dave Howard's. Uh, thank you for the email, Cole. We appreciate it. Please yeah. write in all the time. We love you. And uh, here's Dave Howard's message here. Good afternoon, Grumple Stiltskin, Mr. Guy. It's your boy Dave Howard. Just got done watching New Japan Strong and the latest episode of Cat Attack. And I have come to a perfect conclusion, I think, on the length of wrestling shows. If it's a weekly or episodic show, an hour is just about perfect. I really like the tight hour of the New Japan Strong format. I know that that's what uh, when NWA was running their YouTube show, what they would do. I like an hour show a lot. And then I think for the special event slash pay-per-view, two and a half hours is a sweet spot. I don't care if you go the New Japan route and put five, squeeze maybe six uh, matches on. Or if you're feeling, you know, uh, crazy WCW style and you want to squeeze in 14 matches in that two and a half hours. I don't care. But I think that's about the right length. I'm not going crazy. I'm not doing whatever. You know, this WWE stuff of them doing four and a half, five hour WrestleManias is crazy. Oh, God. I know that that is just too much. The one year they did something near like seven hours, and that was just insane. So, yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on this? Two and a half is a sweet spot. I can see two hour weekly show, NXT, AEW, but uh, like I said, they'd probably do much better if they were just an hour. That's just me. Take it easy. Well, there he says, take it easy. All right. Well, right. man, what do you think of this, Luke? This is a great question. I got a lot to say about this. Grumple Stiltskin. <laughs> right. Uh, I, two-hour shows, not everything in that show is going to get my full attention. And I mean, I'm talking more on uh, AW here because not everything on that's for me. And I guess so, I think some people kind of suck and stanky so i just like tune out my brain but uh as much as i'd like an hour-long version of that show they've got way too many wrestlers so <laughs> and then they've yeah they probably they probably need a second show anyway that is maybe an hour long i like 
I like an hour. I, I can invest an hour easily. I can convince my wife to sit down for an hour as well. <laughs> hey, hey, Charity, New Japan's on tonight. How long's it going to go? Fucked if I know. <laughs> and I never know how long these New Japan shows are going to go for. It could be like one of these shorter house shows where it's like, you know, two hours or less, we, we, we're kind of done. You know, let's, let's, let's get out of here. Or it could be like a cat attack and be close to what? What was it like? Three hours, something like that. In that in that general area, yeah, for sure. I like the idea of shorter times, but that just means I get to see less wrestlers. I guess that's my problem. Or if you want to kind of cram it, you'll still see all your wrestlers, but you just might not get any of those long bangers. And if I know anything about New Japan in the in the last, I don't know, since maybe the G1 climax last year. What one thing I know is they love their times and they want to push the times of longer matches. Uh, I don't know, Dave, does that does that drive you as nutty as it can me? Because if you've got two wrestlers and you know one's beating the other one and that goes for a record-breaking time, are you happy? Because <laughs> I'm fucking not. Or if you've got a match where it goes long and you don't know, any, any, you know, it could go either way. Mwah. I'll take that. That 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 that's perfect for a long match. But yeah, um, I'm all over the place, Mister Andy. I yeah. just woke up, first morning coffee. But I can see the pros of of shorter of shorter shows. Well, the the whole thing in the entertainment business, which we don't know, you know, we clearly don't follow this rule, but is um, always leave them wanting more, right? That's the idea. And so, you know, wrestling promotions often, you know, figure out that that means. Oh well, leave them pit, make the fans leave pissed off. That's what they think it means. You know what I mean? But really, it means make your show short so that when they leave, they go, "Oh man, I can't wait to see that again." They don't go, "Oh my god, I'm so tired, I can't watch wrestling again for a week." So that's kind of your sweet spot needs to be where the fans want more, but it's not where you go, "Oh, that's not enough." You know, so I think he's right about a weekly show. I mean, Lucha Underground at one hour is fucking, man, that was great. It's over, and you're like, damn, I want to see more of that. It's not even an hour long. It's like 42 minutes because of commercials, That right? shit felt like a TV show. It's, well, it uh, was. I know technically all, re all wrestling shows are technically TV shows because that's how we watch the bloody things, but <laughs> that felt like an episodic weekly TV series, like complete with cliffhangers, uh, story arcs and, and shit like that. That's true. That's true. I, so now I have two other Lovely things. One is, is that when I'm watching a show on television and it's a pay-per-view or a big show, I, I would like it to go not too far over three hours. To me, that's like I start yeah. to really start sweating it and my attention span starts to wane around that two hour, 45 minute mark and up until three and a half hours. And so that's why Wrestle Kingdom is really hard. However, we did a good job this year. But when I'm at the show, Two and a half hours, man. Two and a half hours is the magic number. And and I've been to a million live wrestling shows. I've been to ones where they are strict, man. They are in and out. They got two hours and half hour of, uh, of uh, intermissions. And so you got exact two and a half hours, and that it feels amazing. You leave and go, man, that wasn't too long. And uh, I wouldn't mind coming back to this. And then I've been to shows, Luke. I've mm. been to shows where it's yes. day two of a tournament 
and night one or day one was a six hour show and we're coming up on almost seven hours on night two and I just want to die. So, you know, it's you don't want your fans leaving the place going, man, I, I think I'm just going to wreck my car into a tree on the way home and that'll be better than whatever I feel right now. So, you know, it's uh, I wonder what car accident statistics are like for WWE shows. <laughs> could be high sorry i don't know i've been to a few and you know uh their house shows are strictly timed you know they're usually two hours and with a half hour intermission and i like wwe house shows but they're uh raw oh my god uh so anyway that's what that's my my kind of two cents on that i think he's on to something there and i've been really happy especially with cat attack and strong and how short they were yes yeah, sorry i was on mute um i'm Sipping my morning coffee, and uh, I'm I trying know. not to be too fucking obvious about it. And I failed horribly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were kind of. I think uh, they did well, and rather than having it all on one night, uh, splitting it into two, and maybe having shorter shows rather than one giant ass long one. Yeah, I, I do. I would prefer one giant ass long show that, to two nights. However, if the two nights it's are only because you got to wake up early two nights in a row, though. It's true, um, it, but even if it's just at night, I, I like WrestleMania two nights was bullshit, um, and I, I didn't like that. But anyway, my point is, is that um, you know I just I don't have uh, enough stories for one night, let alone fucking two. Like, what's right. going on? Like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Um, well, I, don't know. I I said everything I need to say. Now, I, I have a question for you, Luke, though. You have a cat named Ash, right? And, and yes. cat, I'd like to propose something. And that is right. that, you know, I've heard you yell for your cat before and say, hey, Ash, you know, hey, shut up, whatever. But what I'd like to propose is from now on, when you want your cat to come in the room or, or you're calling your cat to you, that you say this. Come on, over here! <laughs> Any chance we can do that? Uh, I, I, I suppose I can. Uh, <laughs> she'll probably acknowledge me the same way she usually does. Uh, maybe a look, maybe not, and uh, just ignoring me, something like I, well, that. If, he's, if, if she's too shitty, then you just look at her and say this. Just tap out! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a little uh, yeah. jerk. You've heard her. You heard her just before, didn't you? I did not actually, because I I am oh. deaf basically. So uh, it, no, it's I getting not. close to like one of her feeds or something. But charity's here this time, so uh, I, I hope hopefully she'll get around to it. I don't know. What's that? But, I, I think I hear Charity saying something. What's that she's saying? Come on, over <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how she sounds as well. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like Taka Michinoku. Does she um yeah. does she do that thing where like before she enters a room she says charity is coming. Motherfucker. Does she do that? No, but I think she should start. I agree. Uh cuz yeah. I mean she does listen to this show so I'm going to imagine her listening to this and then she'll probably if she remembers memory is as bad as mine but uh, uh i mean she's got an amazing memory she's awesome but uh i wonder if she'll do it but she did make a suggestion and i probably should have mentioned this before the show we started recording but uh my memory i just said i had a shit memory you do yeah uh, yeah <laughs> here's my recommend for the week uh like we did that we did that already i chose it oh fuck but she said 
um, if we ever wanted to, we could open up the recommends to listeners oh. and go, Oi, Oi, listeners, what are some of your old, old favorite New Japan matches? We'll make them. I would suggest like maybe more than more than a year old, maybe more than two years old. Okay. Otherwise, most people will have seen them already. But yeah, if anyone, you you seem to like the idea. So yep, good work, charity. Hey, um, here's what I'm thinking. So like, if anybody has an email that they'd like to send to the podcast that's um you know about reviewing a match, you want us to you know match recommend you'd like us to cover. Um, here's what I'd say to you. Come on, over here. Okay. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, I'm done playing with that. So. All right. Fair enough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how heavy we'll push that, but like, if I guess if anyone wants to send in a match that we, if we've covered it, that's all good. We'll just say, hey, we we've covered that already, and we'll move on. But you know, so maybe have if 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 you do send us a match recommend, um. Chuck more than one match on it, just in case. Yeah, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. But, because uh, uh, yeah, or go back and listen to every episode again to make sure that you're not, you know, giving us the wrong one. That's always a good one too. But uh, but yeah, that'd be fun. You know, always ha- at the I'm end, so that makes it a little easier. But uh, listen to them all from start to finish. So uh, yeah, just do that. <laughs> well, Luke, before we get into these shows, and we're gonna start yep. uh, on a low note, and then it's gonna, you know, slowly crescendo into the night. But um. I was, uh, you know, perusing Twitter, as I do, and I noticed that Kojima has a Twitter account, and he was tweeting, oh. and I was like, holy shit, you know, we should we should talk about Kojima's Twitter account on our podcast. And, I think um, that's a good idea. So that's here we are, you know, so I have the Kojima Tweet of the Week, and I'm ready for it. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm pumped, dude. Let's do it. Okay, all right. It says, it reads, excuse me, quote, The Osaka Castle Tournament is over. Completely defeated by United Empire. What is this team? They are too few gaps, and I can't think of a winning pattern at all. Maybe I'm dealing with ridiculous people, but I have a right arm. I cannot stand losing, unquote. So this is before night two, obviously. Uh, Spoiler alert for everyone listening. It is. And um, he does have a right arm. You know, it's it's like that thing, you know. I got uh, one of those. Uh, well, lucky you. You know, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where, like, you know, Kojima, no matter how down he is, no matter what's going on, he can just kind of look over and be like, "Hey, I got that right arm." You know, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, I, I should I should hit people with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, Luke, I do have a question for you because I was thinking about this today, and we're recording early this week because we're fired up. You know, so yeah. um, because this this show was special in a way, and we're going to get into details about that. But, you know, as I said at the top of the show, I was extremely concerned that we were about to enter a really rough period of New Japan. And that doesn't mean that we haven't and, and that we're not going to. But, man, this weekend turned that around for me. And, uh, what you know, I, I was really worried. But then, you know, I should have remembered and listened to my own advice. And that is that... One of the awesome things about New Japan is their mid card is filled with main eventers. And so yeah. it doesn't matter when guys get hurt. I mean, it does, but it, it's it's just going to give another guy an opportunity to step step up. And holy shit, did people There's step There's a trigger up. you can pull on someone else if someone, you know, gets injured, yeah. 
Dude. So what did you want to ask me? Uh, well, what do you think about all this? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the possible downturn that's been, you know, uh, changed this weekend into something amazing and, and great, positive looking forward? Like, the easiest analogy I have for it is back when I watched WWE, there'd be a build up. I'm sorry, like, I just find it easy to use these comparisons, so I don't mean to shit on them all the time. But. I think a lot of people have watched a build to a WWE pay-per-view and thought, fuck me, this is stank butter. Then the pay- then they watched the pay-per-view and it was like, oh, that was pretty good. Why can't they always do that? Okay. You know, so, and I don't mean New Japan is like that. It, it, you know, why can't they always be like that? But, you know, it was a bit of last week. It's like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm looking forward to some of these matches, but I don't know. And then... The two, the two events happened, and I'm just like, wow, I'm on fucking cloud nine, dude. Wow. Yeah. yeah that was I great. Was, I was extremely poopy when we first started watching the <coughs> show, and then I my poop changed to uh, – I turned my poop upside down into a <laughs> smile. So that's where we're at with that. <laughs> but – before we get into the good stuff, we got to talk about the poopy stuff and uh, start off poopy. So, Luke, we right. watched New Japan Strong this week, and how, like, we, we quit watching it in the past because it sucked. Um, has it changed? Does it still suck? Is the presentation better or worse than it was? Let's hear all about New Japan Strong. Yeah, so it's New Japan Strong from Dark City. <laughs> it looks... Excuse me, I'm going to cough. Oh boy! <coughs> yeah. It looks it looks kind of the same now as as always. So very dark city vacuumish, but I'll say the the wrestling was pretty decent. Like I couldn't really complain about that. And Kozlov, I had my note my pad out, my my keyboard. I was ready. Shit, Kozlov says, "Let's go," and he didn't say anything stupid. Like, and nothing that made me go, <laughs> fucking finesseful <laughs> life, mate. It's nothing like that. He was, he still sounded boring as fuck. I'm sorry. That's just his voice. Um, at least on this, uh, apparently Cole's been able to, been lucky enough to hear him uh, emote. But, uh, you know, I thought he was less annoying. Uh I looked at the card. I was like, three matches. That's pretty sweet. All right. You, you thought this might be... I, I sent you a message going, this is one hour, right? Because I was expecting a massive train wreck. And it wasn't a massive train wreck. It was maybe just one car briefly connected to another car's rear bumper. And there's a little ding in it. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fender bender in the parking lot, basically. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was like it was it's not awful and could be worse and it's fine you know except for the person who has to pay to get their bumper fixed whatever but it was all right so we got uh, the dkc kevin knight uh and tjp did i forget a wrestler because there's know. four on the other side i didn't take notes on this i got notes on two matches and that's it well I don't want to talk too much about this match, but I can at least name all the poor motherfuckers. Well, not the poor, didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
I so, can't fucking find it. I mean, there was a match, and guys wrestled, and like you said, they they did change something about the setup, and it's a little less oh. dark, um, a I, little bit. I know who it is. It's uh, Clark Connor. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I did notice that they put little lights up to make it look even more like Dark City. So now it looks like there's stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, um, Which, by the for way, some of the actors movie to come out. <laughs> I actually watched Dark City in preparation for um, New Japan Strong, and it didn't make the you know I love watching that movie. It's fantastic. In fact, um, there is a a character in that movie that I didn't know. She's actually the main character in triangle which i was like oh hey that's that's neat i never i never noticed that was her before um but it did not make new japan strong any better no so we got the dkc clark connors kevin knight tjp versus logan and sterling regal ach and brody king uh the brody king side all come out in matching masks and hoodies and ACH leaves his own for the <laughs> entire match which i found was fucking hilarious it's it's a it's solid stuff uh, it was fine very short, though, uh, and uh, ACH does a brain buster on uh, the DKC, who I believe is n more a young lion now than, um, you know, just some indie dude coming in to do some shows. So good for him. And it was fine. Uh, and, you know, they don't make us wait too long, which is what I appreciated. They didn't make us wait too long for the main event. Yeah. So, what was the next match? All right. The next match is a very distracting match, which I'm trying to concentrate on because I really love one of the wrestlers in it and the other guy's new to me. So, I really want to kind of like go, all right, I want to see Ren Narita fuck this guy up, but I don't know this guy. So, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he can do. Except it's Ren Narita versus Chris Dickinson, and Dickinson's trunk string distracted me almost the entire match. I'm like, tie that up, tuck that in. What's going on here? At any moment, I'm, I feel like it, you could drop trowel and uh, Red Narita's pinning you with your balls out. Like, get out of here. Like, tie string that's up. That's Taguchi's gimmick. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, if Taguchi can't even get his own brand of underwear for sale on the Tokon shop, then uh, Chris Dickinson's got no chance. <laughs> so uh, I thought Red Narita just beat this dude's ass up. Yep. Uh, I thought he was fucking awesome. I didn't expect him to win because he's still in that tr kind of transitional phase. Is he on excursion? Is he not? I mean, they guess I guess they he needs to work because it's COVID and stuff, and they need wrestlers, so it's just a no-brainer, really. I thought this was kind of it's still kind of short, but it was really good, and it had a sp had a finish that I did not expect. Yeah, Renderina won, and. Um... I don't know if you saw this, but after the match, they, they do the backstage comments stuff, you know, like they do on New Japan. And Ren Narita's in the middle of his interview, and Shibata comes in and starts chopping him. And is like, you call this chops? This is how you do chops. It like, fucking was all pissed off at him. It's <laughs> just really funny. So that was cool. Um, I don't, you know, I'm glad that Ren Narita's around. He looks like he's put on a little weight. He's looking pretty good. And he's still hitting hard as fuck. And, uh, yep. Yeah. I'd be happy to see more Chris Dickinson. Uh, I thought he was cool. Uh, apart from the trunk string, that's just a nitpick, silly thing. That's not a big issue. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see more of him. And uh, I was just happy to see Ren Narita on my screen again. I know he's probably on this show every week, but uh, can we, he, we like, that, yeah. not be on excursion? I think New Japan needs some juniors. So, uh, 
uh, get your ass over to back to Japan. But uh, hey, you know what he should do? He should maybe uh... come on over here. <laughs> yes. So what what happened to Chris Dickinson at the end of that match? I don't know what happened. No, he, he just tapped. Out oh, oh, I'm sorry. You mean he just tapped out? Gotcha. There we go. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you suck. Well, I have to <laughs> send you these, and then you can do it yourselves. <laughs> and by this stage, we're halfway through the show, and I'm just like, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and also, I've heard nothing stupid from Kozlov, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's gotten he's gotten better, at least in not saying stupid stuff. So. Yeah, but I mean, then he's cool. no fun at all. So now he's boring and he doesn't even say <laughs> stupid shit to make him entertaining. You know, Are you I don't right? If you have to sound boring, say something stupid. That's what I'm saying. That's what I do every week on this show. Now, up? let's get You're right. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> well, let's get through this. So what was our main event, Luke, so we can start talking about the stuff we actually want to talk about? All right, I'll let you kick us off with this, but we have our... United States title main event. Uh, it's one of the, it's the first match this weekend that has a finish that leaves me kind of scratching my head a bit. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, John Moxley versus Kenta for the United States title. What did you think of this one, Mister Andy? I was underwhelmed. I thought it was fine. Um, I, it didn't do didn't move the needle for me much. But I don't think anything that was going to happen on this night was going to move the needle for me, unless certain rumors that we've heard were going to come true. Which case I was going to be pissed. So um, you know, I I don't have much to say about it. It's a match. The finish was surprising because John Moxley wins and uh, he loses or and he wins clean, and it's just kind of like what. And the storyline seems to be turning Kenta face because the, the announcers are all like, oh my God, Kenta has gone through such a struggle to get to this. You know what I mean? He was like the baby face in this situation. I'm very confused about all this and I'm willing to see where it goes. And I have a feeling that AEW is going to have something to do with it or impact. And that's kind of what's something, something we don't know about that is what's going uh, on here. Right. Okay. This might be some more forbidden door stuff. Um, I... I really look. I like John Moxley. I like seeing John Moxley win. I like seeing John Moxley in New Japan. Uh, I want him to keep wrestling for New Japan if he, if and when he can. I know he's a, a, a busy boy being uh, whoop ass and AW. Hey Ashi, come on over come here, on. over here. <laughs> Charity just brought her in. She's on the couch now. <laughs> That's. That's yeah, got to be yeah. confusing for the cat, you know. Do you have a meow as well, Charity? <laughs> All right, get out. <laughs> Please. I love you. Damn. <laughs> Thank you. Hardcore. <laughs> Dude, if you think I get distracted when there's fucking, like, just pens and lighters and coffee cups in my in, in, in here, yeah. I, I would just lose all track of what i'm saying if uh, charity was here for two hours dude so yeah well and yeah if we're talking about cat attack and ash is there i mean you may be tempted to interview the cat i mean there's a lot going on here so I <laughs> yes so please don't be mad at me everyone that i just said to my wife please get out right, <laughs> i so didn't what, even say please i just said get out so what, what the fuck man i'm rude yeah what about what about the whole thing with moxley so what what now look uh but i 
I wanted Kenta to bring the title home. Yeah. The thing about titles is I like seeing them. I like seeing them on the shows. And I like seeing them regularly defended. And I thought Kenta would have been a great choice to, to be the guy to bring it back to Japan. And then actually start having feuds for it. Because this guy's been having feuds pretty much for the United States title all of last year. Albeit briefcase style, right? Yeah. So, look at the era we're in. We're in this COVID era. Travels bit shit. All this kind of stuff. It just felt to me, it just felt to me in my soul that it was a no-brainer to give it back. and Give it to Kenta. Bring it home. And now we've got Kenta back. Um, in Japan and we've got the US title people can wrestle for it yes awesome uh, but now Mox is still the champion so when's the next match and if there is another match guess where it's going to take place everyone in yeah right city. here yes, no fans in a black hole taken, I'm sure yeah and, and and, unless unless Kenta shows up see that's what I'm thinking is that maybe it'll be defended in AEW we'll see if you you know you'll have to let me know if John Moxley's carrying that thing around next time he's on the show then we know you know that that's gonna I've be I've seen him wear it be, on the so. show once yeah in the lead up to this match yeah but I've, no, yeah in, in AEW I've seen him wear it once yeah but it was in the lead up to this match you're right but he doesn't wear it every week or anything like that what were your um, overall thoughts on New Japan Strong? Uh, it's stronger than it had, had been since I last watched it. So I'll give them that. Uh, but I still don't think... If there's a, not a match on it with the import of a box or Kenta, uh, I'm probably still not going to tune in regularly. That's just how I feel. I know it's in that sweet spot of an hour, but... There's no titles on that show, except the United States one, of, of course. So there's no titles on that show, so, like, who cares? Yeah, even though it's in a sweet spot, it's still bitter to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like having a coffee with no sugar in it. But uh, I like I like coffee with no sugar, but that's an acquired taste, you know, so. Yeah, I have not acquired it. I am not sweet enough. I need my sugar. Fair enough. All right. So, yeah, um, I didn't hate... Mux versus Kenta, I was entertained by it. It would have been better if it, even if it was just a clapping crowd, it would have been 10 times better than it, than it was. The wrestling was fine. My, my cat will not shut wow. the fuck up. Wow, yeah. Yeah, uh, she's being a naughty girl. And I'm, I bet your ass she's already been fed and she's probably just turned her nose up on it and gone, fuck you. I don't know why she says it like that, but yes. So, yeah, um, it was fine. I, I think I was just scratching my head at the finish. <clears throat> but I can understand it. Uh, Moxley wrestling on your on your brand with a title is probably worth, uh, uh, worth keeping around because I'll bring new eyes onto your product. But I don't know if the product you want to be putting eyes on is New Japan right. Strong. Yes. Wouldn't you rather be putting eyes on, well, your fucking main shit yeah all oh, right man, you ready cat attack yeah you ready let's for fucking it? quit talking about, i'm done with that strong show and hopefully we don't have to talk about that anytime soon ever again because fuck it but man i mean before we get into cat attack the big news that i i was right about something you know you guys come to us for our accurate news and i had said <laughs> that gino uh would be there 
But he wasn't. He I don't know if he was he wasn't in Japan, but we did have live commentary and Gino and Chris were on the call. And mm-hmm. if if I had not known that they weren't in the building, I probably would have thought they were. Yeah. I found that the only one that kinda had a few technical issues here and there was Kevin. Otherwise the commentary was fine. I thought it was pretty good. Um really cool to hear both Gino and Chris Charlton back. Uh Though, um, when Chris Charlton's on commentary and not tweeting, I, I, I'm like, oh man, now I'm going to have to wait for a translation later or, or something like that. <laughs> or he so, does it right then and there, you know, sometimes yeah. he does it right then and there and that's always good, you know? Yeah, true. But I'm trying to watch what the guy's saying while someone in a different language, oh, well, Chris, is translating it and it's kind of distracting for my brain. I understand. Like, it probably works better for me for um, subtitles and just translation. But that's who cares? Nitpick central. Well, no no Doki, so let's get it out of the way. <clears throat> Alright, there's no Doki. There we uh, go. There's barely, okay. barely any Suzuki Goon except for uh, El Despi and Katamaru, the two knights. So true. here we go. We got Cat Attack, Night One, in Osaka Joe Hall, wearing Osaka, everyone. So expect uh, things that you don't expect. Uh, they like to talk about the shaka in osaka they have to stretch that to kind of make it rhyme but uh i don't think kevin kelly said that once he this did weekend not. he did not unless, i think maybe he was told not to or maybe that just wasn't part of it but yeah i'm actually a little glad they didn't harp on that enough because i was i think i was already pumped up enough to expect some some shit that might not go the way i think it will mm-hmm. But uh, here we go. We're starting off with uh, the Laundry Boys and Jeff Cobb versus Tanahashi, Breadman, and Tenzon, you know, Ten Cozy. Look, and uh, I'm going to... These are the notes as I wrote them on night one. I'm going to have something a little different to say night two, especially about a man I didn't think I'd have to eat crow about, but I'm going to eat some crow today, uh, boys and girls. So, uh, look, this is solid stuff but I just don't like three-thirds of laundry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, oh, okay, three-quarters of it, because you've got the the lady douche there too. And there's finishing moves all around uh, the dads, and there's an ass cutter on Tenzan. And, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, cool. I like this moment here, though. Uh, Kojima's about to hit that lariat, and then uh, he runs right into Mr... Uh, Cobb tour of the islands. So yeah, uh, I thought it was fine. It's nothing we kind of hadn't seen for their other openers in the preview stuff. But you know, yeah, not a bad start. Well, I just like to point out that you know last week we established that um, Tenzon is always hard up for money, and he's possibly been swindled out of it by um, Master Wado, or he can't stop getting his hair cut now. He is whining like a little baby anytime that Okan uses the Mongolian chops and anytime anyone else uses them, it's mine, what the fuck? And he lost a match fair and square. Now, we're going to get back to this, okay? I just want to lay a little groundwork here. But he is probably a Karen. 
I think that uh, Tenzon is a Karen, and you know when he goes <laughs> when he goes to get his hair cut, it's probably never right. He never, and then he ends up like, oh, well, I'm not paying for that. So he probably owes money all over town to all these hairstylists, and every time he walks in their door, they're like, God damn it, this guy owes money, but he'll chop them if they don't do it. So I mean, he'll, you know, yeah, he'll beat our ass up. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He's strong arming people to maintain his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> What's next? All right. All right. So we've got uh, Yoshihashi versus Tongaloa. And this is Tongaloa's third singles match in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, it kind of felt like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've been saying Tongaloa's been improving, but if you're only in tag matches all the time and then you get put into a singles match, I don't know, man. Maybe, oh, or maybe you should just be like professional enough to know the difference and be able to wrestle accordingly. But yeah, so uh, that kind of mean I, I, I knew he'd kind of win after that. Uh, Yoshihashi looks kind of gassed out near the end. I don't know if that's selling or not, but I know one guy looks like he's selling a match because like he doesn't start off gassed, does he? No. It's towards the end of the match where he's hmm. selling that, oh, this battle's left me a bit fucked. Whereas Tongaloa looked like he just got in the ring near the end of the match, and I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, that's that's a that's a get. I guess that's a choice. And uh, yeah, this is a <laughs> yeah. I, w- I mean, uh, Tonga took a weird looking dragon suplex near the end as well. Yeah. And it was it yeah it wasn't my favorite match at, ever, uh, but uh, ape shit and. Tonga Lower wins. Tamatonga runs out for the distraction for a distraction near the end, and they beat down Yoshihashi. And then Goto runs out, which leads us straight into the next match. Do you want me to talk about the next match first? Then we can do the double team both, or you want to talk about the first match? You can, yeah, go ahead and do the Goto one, and then I'll All cover right. both when you're done. So they're beating down Yoshihashi. This is uh, Tonga Loa, uh, Tamatonga, and Jado. Then Goto runs out, and pretty pretty soon after that. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Just bang. No muss, no fuss. Straight into Goto versus Tama. And uh, J- Jado hits Goto with the kendo stick and Gino says, he was helping him. That kendo stick feels like a massage. <laughs> 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 Fucking made me laugh. I know, I, I know a lot of people who've probably heard more Bobby the Brain Hanging than me, and he's probably a lot clever and smarter probably because he did it for such a long time but gino makes me laugh in that way as well very much uh, so yes yeah uh Tamar is uh, apparently pulling out moves from his pre-bullet club days so here's a guy with a singles match that doesn't usually get singles matches and he's pulling out shit that he doesn't usually do hmm. tongaloa on the other hand yeah there's a difference between these two brothers uh one's absolutely really charismatic and pretty fucking good uh the other one's tongaloa and he has gotten better but just because he's gotten better doesn't mean he's great i guess uh so uh he's a oh and i love the ending of this match there's just like a really great rope running sequence and goto picks him up for the uh yushiguroshi and I, I think Tama's expecting Yoshi Garoshi, and he's like, all right, I could probably kick out of this or something like that, but not, nah, boom, GTR, and one, two, three, uh, Hiroki Goto wins. 
All right. Well, the first match we're talking about here, uh, Yoshihashi versus Tongaloa. The whole match is based around Tonga Loa no-selling. Like, that's the high spot. That's, like, the story beat they're hitting. That You know, the brick wall, the, the, the dragon that Yoshihashi has to slay. But when he's no-selling, like, when he sells poorly, it's really hard to tell when he's no-selling. So, like, it's kind of hard to tell because he doesn't do that well. And then in the middle of the match, Yoshihashi's selling and he's down. And, um, and Tonga Loa channels like a, a Hallmark movie, you know, or maybe a war movie or something like that, where his buddy's dying in the mud. And he starts yelling at, at, uh, at Get up. don't you die on me like that. And that was fucking awful. And then, um, you know, he has to tap out to, uh, or wait, what we got the ape shit. Like you said, he loses, but uh, at one point, um, Yoshihashi did put on the butterfly lock and Chris Charlton goes butterfly like that, which I thought was funny. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was an interesting thing too, because, because this match slid right into the next, it went quick, but it's also a variation on a hot shot start. So that was, that was, you know, they're starting to get a little more creative with those. And, uh, the second match, what, oh my, I, I think new Japan world like broke and I couldn't watch any of it. Um, cause I, or my monitor went out. That's what happened. My monitor went out and I couldn't watch that match. So, <laughs> So you, you couldn't watch that match, so you never watched it? I watched it. I just don't like... like yeah, I know. Fuck Goto. It, come on, that ending was pretty damn dope. Right? I've always said when those guys run the ropes, it's awesome. I don't right. want to have to sit through 10 minutes okay. just to see that. Don't worry, I'm not going to sit here for 10 minutes and try and get blood from a stone. That's about as good as I'll get from you in this regard. <laughs> so let's go to the next match. And we've got uh, the king of pro wrestling, Toriyanu versus... Uh, Texas champion Chase Owens. Uh, this match is a Texas strap four corner pad match. So they're strapped together, and the, now the gist is you have to be the person who takes off the last turnbuckle pad. And <clears throat> all right, it's not Yano's best match. It's definitely not his worst either. And I, f I feel like there's some really fun spots that have been done kind of, you know, nice and creativity, creativity, creatively. Like uh, Yano having his fists taped. I thought that was great. So he can't untie the turnbuckles. <laughs> uh, you know, both of them being dead weights on the outside and they can't reach the last turnbuckle. You know, it, it was just, it was fun. And I understand because they're whipping each other with straps and stuff, they needed space in between each thing like that to kind of let it breathe and then let them sell before moving on to the next thing. I just felt maybe it was a little long, but it wasn't awful. And it was fine. And I was especially fine with it because the king of pro wrestling, Toriano, is victorious. This is the most serious match I've ever seen Yano in, I think. Um... You know, maybe I saw him in a couple serious matches when he was tagging with Ishii, but I don't know. I mean, this was like a, a regular match, <laughs> which was weird. And, um, you know, and Yano won because he weighs a lot and because of wrestling, because he wrestled, and that's weird. Usually he wins because of being smart and stuff like that, but in this case, he actually hit a wrestling move that helped him win the match that was kind of like a powerbomb that was... Yeah. Which, you know, Yano's moves look different than everybody else's, so it's like not a powerbomb, but it was a powerbomb, you know? 
Um, we also had something in this match that made me want to uh, claw my eyes out and throw them down the stairs. And that was um, that uh, we have, this is a no DQ match, clearly. Otherwise, they'd both immediately be DQ'd for hitting each other at the strap, right? So yeah. um, it's no DQ, and we have Chumpy on the outside, right? And um, there is a chump bump. I don't know why. And um, the Texas... Chumpy's going to chump. Yeah, I guess so. The Texas champion tries to use... He uses the ring bell on Toriano, but he hides it from the ref, who can't do anything about it. So ref bumps are designed to make the bad guy look more dastardly and to keep the ref from knowing that he's being dastardly. But when being dastardly is legal... There's no fucking point to doing a chump bump. So I was a little frustrated with that. Um, we almost got another thing that made my head explode later, but we'll talk about. But um, so, you know, Yano has to resort to actual wrestling to win. And uh, it's funny, too, because uh, this, you know, the Texas champion, he can't get to the last turnbuckle because he can't drag Yano around. And so... It was great. And at the end, Kevin Kelly referenced that crazy bowler that used to yell nonsense when he won. So that was a dated, dated reference there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure if it was better than I expected it to be or about what I expected. But, yeah, I did, did uh, expect a little bit more um, comedy spots. But, yeah. So Yano's powerbomb looks like a powerbomb from someone who knows how to wrestle just doesn't do power bombs that often yeah yeah it was weird looking but in a cool way like his his throw his judo stuff looks the same it's just kind of like i think that's how that's supposed to go but that looks more like a real judo, judo throw than it does a wrestling one you know it's yeah. kind of cool yep all right luke oh my this God. is what it's all about here for you um you know we uh, we're big fans of Ishii. We're big fans of Jay White. Probably two of our favorite guys. I mean, we got a lot of guys that we're fra- we're favorites of. But this was uh, this was something special, huh, Luke? I fucking loved this match, and uh, this match was so good that watch as I was watching it, I was just like, um, I feel sorry for you, Evil, because like, I don't think a cut is going to work this hard. <laughs> But, <laughs> and we have a slow start but not in the way not not in the usual kind of slow match kind of way this match starts slow because <laughs> jay's taking a lot of powders and uh he's just like just taunting ishi frustrating him trying to get him to run in and out all this kind of stuff but then something really interesting happens and it ties into how Jay White's been choking the crap out of Ishii on the lead up to their match. He Jay White kind of drops Ishii on his you know, his ribs connect to the uh, guardrail on the outside. And what we get after this is just a fucking masterclass of like toughness and selling from Ishii. And for me, like I as soon as I I saw it. I, I said that I said on Twitter, I'm not tweeting during this match. I'll see you on the catch on the flip. <laughs> as soon as that happened and, and, and he's selling and all that, I jumped straight onto Twitter. I'm like, this is just breathe the match mm-hmm. because Ishii's having trouble breathing and he's clutching his ribs the whole time. Uh, however, I was still kind of nervous and uh, tingling. I was like on the edge of my seat a lot. It's suplexes galore. 
Jay's on the top rope, sitting on the top rope, and Ishii just jumps head first right into Jay's. Uh, Ishii jumps head first right into Jay's jaw. Looked fucking incredible. Um, just love how he does that. And it's a fucking deep urinagi by Switchblade, and the way Ishii lands on it is just fucking ah incredible. And these these close finishes and transitions are like. These, they, they're coming after 25 minutes in the ring. Like, they've just wrestled each other for 25 minutes. There's no tags this time. And then they start doing those transitions. And I thought that was still really fluid and awesome. And the way it ends is just a surprise Blade Runner. Boom. And... <laughs> and one, two, three. Jay finally beats Ishii after... Losing to Ishii three times, uh, twice in the G1 and once in a tag match earlier this year. Uh, Jay comically goes to hug Yuya Uramura in celebration and Yuya's not having it. So uh, so Jay Jock kicks him in the fucking face. And I thought that was awesome too. Uh, I know Jay's not known as a never guy, but I don't know. I love this match. I'm putting the, the never stamp on it. I, I thought it was badass. Both men were awesome. Uh, the selling on both sides was great. I'd, I'd give it more to Ishii because he had to kind of pretend he couldn't breathe the whole time. And, yeah, uh, shit. I just fucking loved it. What did you think? I liked it a lot, too. I, I fell asleep because this show started at, whatever, 2 a.m. after I'd stayed up to watch Strong. And I fell asleep at the beginning of this one. I woke up in the last five minutes, but I went back and watched it again. And, uh, man, it's pretty good, guys. I mean, this is, this is you know, doesn't get much better than this as far as this style of match. And I, I realized something about Jay White in this match that I, I never really thought about. Is that he's a power wrestler. He's a power move guy. And I never really thought yeah. of him as that. But that's that's what he is. I mean, he, he hits every kind of suplex there is. And one of the moments in this match that I thought was outstanding is after he's kind of got Ishii where he wants him, he starts really just going after him, and he starts suplexing, suplexing him into the ropes, into the corner, into the guardrail. And there's not much room to do that. You know what I mean? And I guess it helps that Ishii doesn't have a neck, and so he has to land on his shoulders or his back. But, but um, <laughs> that stuff is just fantastic. Ishii sold so well that Chumpy had to check on him. Chumpy was like, oh, fuck, I think this might be real, you know? And uh, Or that was part of the deal. Either way, it worked, and that was fucking awesome. The last five, you know, four or five minutes of this is, like, reversals and counters, I mean, almost in a comical quantity. It's crazy. And then I was going to ask you a question, Luke. Do you know what a half-and-half half suplex is? Not off the top of my head, no. So it can be many things. Um, the idea is most of the time people think of a half and half as a half German. So you got one hand on dude's hip and then a uh, uh, half... Um, a half Nelson. You got it, right? So, right. But you can do different kinds. And Jay does different kinds of half and half suplexes. It's awesome. I love it. It's so great. He even pulls, um, he even pulls out regal plexes. Yes. Like, yeah. Fucking the Wiggle Plexes, the Kiwi Crusher, the Uranagi, German Suplexes, Dragon Suplexes, Normal Vertical Suplexes, Brain Busters, like, yeah. 
We t- we he talked- can do all the suplexes, and there's something I love in wrestling, and I'm very easily pleased if a wrestler can do this, and that's suplexes. <laughs> well, and, and something we mentioned early on in the history of the show was how boring a heel can be when his offense is boring. You know, when his offense is slow and plodding and boring and how the heat section of matches where you got, you know, especially in a match like this, that's, you know, trying to put Jay over as this, you know, fucking amazing wrestler and a guy that can beat anybody, especially, you know, the guy that's fine. He's trying to finally slaying his own dragon and Ishii is that the, you know, his offense is entertaining throughout even when it's Ishii down. So watching Ishii sell is entertaining and watching Jay punish Ishii is entertaining because he does it in so many different ways. I don't know how many times I've watched a, a young wrestler or even people on WWE or whatever. I mean, it's happened in New Japan too. I'm not saying, it, but it happens a lot where all they do is just stomp on the guy and shit on the crowd and stomp on the guy and shit on the crowd. That's fucking boring. Rest hold. Rest hold, trash hold. So boring, you know? And so, like, this is, man, a highly entertaining way um, to do this match. And I, there was a moment in this match where the crowd, I just was so disappointed that they couldn't, they couldn't use their voices, which they didn't give a fuck on night two. But here they were still caring. And um, Ishii, uh, Ishii chokes Jay. And he's fine. Like this is during one of Ishii's big comebacks. He's he's choking Jay. He's finally got this choke in, and he chokes him for a while. And like a lot of times in New Japan, it's a setup for a move. So he chokes the shit out of him, gets him up with the brain buster, and Jay just reverses it into his own brain buster. And the crowd would have lost their fucking minds if they were able to emote out loud. So yeah. that was a big moment, and uh, I thought this was great. Um, what do you think's next for Jay? He mentioned in his backstage comments, it's winning the New Japan Cup. Is this his way back to the top? I I, I hope so. Uh, so he could either win the New Japan Cup or pin a champion in a New Japan Cup and then go from there. This is you could do, you could do anything with this guy. I, and just to go back on the, you know, to the just breathe the match. There's a moment in this match where Ishii just chops the shit out of Switchblade's throat. Like, this is shitty shit Ishii usually saves for people he really hates, like Koto Ibushi. <laughs> <laughs> so, throat chop city. And now, for a portion of this match, both men have to kind of sell. Like, they can't really it's breathe awesome. that well. It's so good. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, Jay is like a, a, a blank slate. Like, these futures, like, you could do whatever. You could, you you can maybe have him go for one of Ibushi's belts or both. You know, you could have him win the New Japan Cup or come close, and then the guy who eliminated him he beats the shit out of that guy. You, I don't know, man. All I know is I want to see what's next. And, there you uh, go. See, remember we were talking about leaving him wanting more and wanting to see yeah. what's next, huh? Jay's pretty good at that, and so is Ishii. You know who isn't good at that? What's his next match? All right, we've got Evil versus Kazuchika Okada. And I just want to say, Evil's really good at those end match transitions as well. That's a, that's another reason that's I don't like him. I like I like the transition shit. Like, I, I really do. Uh, it it Also, when, when it's done well, it makes me feel like those two wrestlers have just got that chemistry, you know, which is what the previous match did. And look, I've seen better Evil versus Okada matches than this one. I think you have too. Definitely. And... Uh, <clears throat> My first note for this match is, I think I just watched the main event. 
Yeah. Which was like the previous match. Like, I this this Evil and Okada match never topped it for me. And it also, I think I agree with you with this as well. Uh, it never really got going for me either. And I guess it's because I always thought Okada was winning here. Uh, especially when Evil pinned him in one of the tag matches last week. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, well, that's definitely going that way. And Okada's using the money clip too much, just way too much for me. I don't like it. It, it slows the matches down. I don't care if you've built the match up for 20 minutes. When you've built the match up for 20 minutes and then you're hitting a money clip, get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Yeah, yeah it's not exciting. Get a fucking wallet. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Andy. Uh, but uh, one Rainmaker and Okada wins. Yeah, there's some cheaty stuff in there as well, but there was cheaty stuff in the Switchblade match uh, as, as, as well. Because, you know, Gato's got a Gato and uh, Togo's got a Togo, I guess. Take. But yeah, um, after the epic match I just watched, I just felt like, yeah, okay. All right, well... I have a couple things to mention. Um, Okada was in, you know, first gear for this whole match. He never got into second at all, you know. And two-thirds into this match, maybe three-fourths into this match, Evil explodes into the ropes and hits a lariat. And that moment would have been very similar to Jay hitting that brain buster. And the reason is, is because... That was the evil of old right there. He had run out of shit, and he's like, well, I have to go back to the well and be the good guy evil for a second. And that was evil's thing is he's like an explosive wrestler. He like, you know, much like Naito, he doesn't move quick until he does. And when he does, he moves real fast. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ring, you got Okada, who I think that at one point he ran the ropes, and that was the fastest I've seen him move since Wrestle Kingdom. I'm really disappointed in him and I'm really disappointed in his effort in this and it was it was bad, in my opinion. Yeah, the this is gonna sound weird and I think we've both said this before. I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of this match. And it wasn't because of evil. I wasn't a huge fan of him and Okan. But Okan had just come back from excursion, so I'm not blaming Okan at all. There, you know, uh, I've I've seen Okada this this whole year, you know, including 2020 to now, put on maybe a couple bangers, and then the rest is just like, what is he doing, man? What is he doing? He did the Shingo match and the G1 was good, and uh, Wrestle Kingdom versus Shithead was fantastic. But other than that, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I will tell you this is that, you know, like you said, when you are building and you're start, you're working your ass off, you're trying to get this, uh, the crowd behind you and, and then you put on the money clip. That's a fucking heel move thing to do. Yeah. Match is kicking off. Oh, we're getting, all right, here we go. Come on, son. Come on. Money clip. But you're the face. What are you doing? Yeah. It's, it's dumb. All right. Well. What'd you think of night one? Because I want to talk about night two. Night two is where the real magic starts to begin for me. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, Ishii versus Jay quite a bit. I thought it was fantastic. However, night two is what it's all about in my opinion. But what were your overall thoughts on night one? Or do you not have any and you want to just move on? Look, I enjoyed night one. 
but it's quite easily a one-match card, and that's Ishii J. Uh, so anyone listening to this, uh, unless like you're really hardcore into all the other wrestlers and all that kind of stuff, uh, what you should do, if you haven't watched these shows already, uh, watch Night 1, go straight to Ishii J, finish that match, and then just jump straight into Night 2. Because Night 2's fucking awesome. Big time. Yeah, so here it is. Cat Attack, Night 2, still in Osaka. And let's just start with the fucking surprises, like, early. Let's just rip that band-aid right off. Let's go. All right, we've got Cobb and Laundry Ass versus Tenkozy. And I am thinking, all right, cool. It's the four of them this time, but it's freaking laundry. It's laundry day, motherfuckers. So, like, okay. (laughs) I I like uh, there's a moment here where Cobb pays back the machine gun chops. And this match makes me think I want Cobb and Kojima in a one-on-one match. I think that would be totally dope. I mean, I totally see Cobb winning that because of uh, where they are in their careers, but I don't give a shit. Give me that match, please. I, I think that'd be really cool. Uh, this match is actually really kind of awesome. And we start off with a shocker in Osaka in the first match <laughs> because uh, Tenzan just decides, you know what? Fuck these laundry guys and starts hitting them with Mongolian chops left, right and center, which changes the course of the match to the point where Baguette of Death on Jeff Cobb, one, two, three, ten Koji for the win. Do you reckon they're building them up for a shot against uh, the G.O.D. now, or what? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the tag team division is definitely being strengthened over these past two shows. Now, um, you know, Mr. Bread used the Mongolian chops, too, in this match to kind of get Tenzon fired up, and Tenzon was like, yeah, I approve. But then, like you said, now, I, I really like this. However... It is funny because if you noticed on Twitter, I was tweeting it up over and over again that, you know, Tenzon's just like, I don't agree. I don't I don't care about agreements I've made. I don't give a fuck. I'm Tenzon, you know, and uh, I think it's funny, but it's also a very bad example for Master Wado. So if Master Wado turns heel, you know, anytime soon, we know why. Um, so that's something there. And, uh, you know, I think part of the reason why Tenzon got fed up was because everyone was Mongolian chopping him. So everybody was doing them to him, and he's like, fuck that shit. But with Kojima getting the bag at a death win over Cobb, do you think that all those wins for Cobb, does that really, does that help uh, help Kojima? Because, you know, Cobb was getting put over pretty strong, and then he lo- he gets pinned in this match. I think that really helps uh, Kojima and builds Ten Cozy again, you know? Yep. Uh, we need tag teams. Uh Okay, well, they're not just a tag team. Tenkozy in Japan, I think, is probably a household fucking name, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And they can still go. Uh, yes, please. Uh, start uh, building them up. I don't I don't even mind if if they, they win or lose the tag titles. I don't I don't mind. I I'm just I just get a kick out of seeing those two dads uh, do their thing. So I'm happy for that. And I don't think Cobb loses that much. He's he's a he's a he's a young stud. He'll be fine. He can take a, a pin from Kojima and bounce back. But one thing this match did make me do is it filled my heart with dread, Mister Andy, because I'm like, oh fuck, Laundry just lost this match. Tanahashi's fucked now. <laughs> 
wait yeah. till we talk about that. I cannot wait. Oh my god. Oh man, I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped <laughs> to talk about that actually. I'm really excited to talk about that match. No shit. And here we go. We have the second match. We've got the uh we got Evil, uh Chase and Switchblade versus Yano, Ishii, and Okada. And of course, Jay and Ishii start the, the match and Jay tags out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Ishii gets, not only does Ishii get the, uh, the that Bullet Club chain stretch, but uh, on the way to helping them, Jay walks past Ishii and kicks him in the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't just walk past him to go to the end of the chain to help do the leverage. As he's walking past, boom, kick to the midsection. <laughs> I was like, Mwah, that's perfect heel work right there. <laughs> Ishii takes another beating, man. He's fucking awesome. But then, you know, lame money clip to finish on Chase Owens. Everybody was kicking ass in this match. Everyone was like yeah. at the top of their game, except for one guy, and that's the guy that gets the win. Um, Okada stood on the apron and got the lukewarm tag, hits a boot, and then slaps on the money clip, and that's it. That's all he did. Something's wrong, man. I don't get it. You know, um, doesn't dude. Make- is, is it is it is he doing a Nakamura and and deciding I've done it all here? I'm going elsewhere. Is it something? I don't. I look. Is he doing... I don't know, because he just seems so unmotivated like he doesn't care. Now, I have no idea what Nakamura's last year in New Japan was like, Mr. Andy, so I can't... I don't... I, but from everything I've seen and, and heard, I don't think he took it up. I don't think he took that last year too lightly. No, he didn't but do I, what Okada's uh, doing, no. No. What is wrong with Okada? Has he lost his smile? Like, is he just not into it anymore? Is he annoyed that he's just doing these fucking side quests or whatever and he really wants to go on the main quest now and he's just not allowed to like i don't know what is up with okada all i know is um i used to uh, whilst i was never a mega okada fan i was always looking forward to his matches because i knew it'd be a banger and they're not anymore dude nope He's, nope. he's, he's been exposed and, uh, I, you know, I hope that changes and I hope he puts more effort in, but man, it was painfully obvious in the match that he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's a shame. You see it, uh, yeah, I've said it before. It's yeah. the Goldberg thing. Yeah. When, when you're not winning all the time, uh, what do you do with them? Yeah. And yeah, it, it, <clears throat> Let's just talk about some stuff that Please. was more entertaining than Okada. That's the that's the one dip this show takes, by the way. Uh, that that match and even that match was still pretty good. It just had a yeah. lame finish. It's all up here hill from here. Oh fuck yeah! All right, so we've got the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Two Chaos Boys, Yoshihashi and Haruki Goto. And yeah, I did kind of want to see Yoshi two belts. It would have tickled me in a way. And uh, I do. Like Yoshihashi in this one, he takes the brunt of the beating, and uh, now this is how you yell at someone. It's Tamatonga going, "Why don't you just die, Yoshihashi? Why don't you just die?" Because he won't stay down for the pin and all that kind of stuff. The fans in Osaka are digging this lame ass underdog story like I am, because <laughs> I heard it. Yoshi, uh, well, however you clap, Yoshi fucking Hashi, I'm too shit at clapping. Yeah, that would I both nights in a row I heard Yoshihashi claps, so uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Look, this match is kind of sloppy, but I'm a little uh, not sober, uh, 
and I kind of overlooked it. I think you can still have a match that looks a little sloppy if what we're getting is kind of fun. And I thought this was fun. Now, I'm a little gutted that Chaos didn't win, but I'm happy Goto took the pin and not Yoshihashi because that's, that's something different. You know, you see something like this and you're just like, all right, uh, Tamaro Tonga are just going to pin uh, Yoshi. Uh, all right, cool. Next match. But no, uh, it, it might have an ending you expect with Chaos losing, but I was really happy to see uh, it was Goto this time. So it wasn't Yoshihashi's fault that they didn't claim the tag titles. I thought that was pretty cool. Definitely. And and you're right, this match is sloppy, but it was kind of like sloppy, like entertaining because it was sloppy, you know? And a couple you know, a couple of things just to point out at the beginning. One of the reasons, and I've mentioned it many times in the past, however, I'll make it quick, is that uh, G.O.D., I find them to be boring over time. Um, and one of the reasons is, is that Kevin Kelly pointed out this is their 29th tag team match. They haven't been around that long. And they've had 29 tag team title matches. So they almost are always in the title picture. And that's why I kind of, over time, I get bored with them. However, they were great in this match. Um, you know, uh, Yoshi maybe gets knocked out at one point And, like, everybody yeah. thinks he's hurt. And there's, like, some kind of, well, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, they just start beating on him again. Um, and it, it was kind of... You know, it was one of those things where everybody thought he was hurt, for sure. And they thought the match was going to have to stop, but they didn't. Yoshihashi gets some respect for me. And, you know, although we did learn from Jay on Twitter, she said that actually what had happened is, is that Yoshihashi got sexually aroused um, by the thought of winning the title. Um, <laughs> and all of the blood rushing to his giant penis is what knocked him out. So it's that makes a lot more sense. Um they, they turn it into a decent match, and it gets real sloppy, like I said. But the sloppy is, like, not dangerous. It's, like, entertaining and fun. It makes it look yeah. more real. Um, and G.O.D. wins after their teamwork is better than Chaos's. Um, so Chaos needs to get their shit together and learn how to work as a team because, man, these bad guys, they, they know what they're doing. Yes, that, that's very true. Uh no, I just checked the news just in case there was something there saying, like, Yoshihashi got knocked the fuck out. But, uh, no, we won't get any news till we're finished recording, man. Oh, there is a press uh, conference tonight, by the way. So, oh, what? Yes. What? For... Here's a, here, who, this is the New Japan Cup. <laughs> it's who, at one in the it? morning for me, so, man, <clears throat> eh, whatever. I'll be tonight for me. Oh, whatever. I usually don't watch those live anyway because they don't have... Uh, any English, so I just wait, and then um, I'll either read about it on the on the website or um, YouTube or the New Japan Pro World will have a translation or whatever. Luke, so uh, yes, we've been wondering, you know, New Japan over the past you know six months especially yeah. has been really pushing Okan. They've been like pushing him, going, you know, like here's our guy, this guy. You're gonna like this yeah. guy. This guy's important. He's really important. And part of me, and I'm sure part of everyone watching, has been like, why? We learned why, didn't we? I think, yeah, 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 we did. So <clears throat> I just wanted to start off by saying I was fucking scared because Laundry Boys lost the opening match. So here's Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Khan. 
And you messaged me partway through the match and said, Khan's been really awesome in this match. And I'm about to hit the keyboard. And and I think I'd said something snarky, but it it was nothing against Khan. But I'm I'm trying to sit there going, yeah, but uh, uh, actually, yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? And uh, I was just like, God damn it. And the moment in this one, where that this motherfucker showed me something, I was just like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> is where I don't know how else to describe it except just to say it's like some kind of torture rack kind of move that looked brutal and devastating, like he was ragdolling fucking Tanahashi, and uh, I was just like, "That made me fucking double scared" because I'm like, "Oh shit, that move looks awesome and it's killing him." Uh, okay, okay. And I was just so fucking, so fucking scared, man. And and because, I don't know, I don't like, I like the idea of Tanahashi and elevating this title, but is he going to do it if he doesn't have have any successful defenses? No. He's just going to be another never statistic because there's been a lot of guys who've had that title and their first defense, they get their ass beat. So even still, this was just, I, I don't know, man. It's like Gato looked into my brain. It's like, oh, you're really scared, huh? I'm going to make you fucking terrified. And that just kind of made this match give me that extra degree of edge in my seatness and in, enjoyment, really. And Tana, this is another instance where uh, older man Tanahashi uh, defeats Great Khan by the skin of his teeth with a roll-up. Yes. Whew. Um... Okay, where to start with all this? You know, here, let me get the silly stuff out of the way. So, first of all, Ocon was in his big match hammer pants, which is good to see. You know, got to have those on. Yeah. And also, I noticed during this match that his, um, you know, his one move is called the Eliminator, right? I thought it was called the Dominator, but it's called the Eliminator. And I was thinking, you know what? That's the name of a ZZ Top album. And I think that he should only name his moves after ZZ Top album. So that would make that spinny torture rack move called the Afterburner. What do you think? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that's the silly shit. Here's the stuff that is just amazing, man. Um, So we have a couple different stories going on here. And one of them is Okan. It is the meta storyline, meta textual storyline of Okan finally proving himself. And that story ended and a new story began in this match. We have another story of Tanahashi um, defending the Never title in it, it, with one of his matches and not in the Never style. Okay, that's another mm-hmm. story. And then we have a third story that's going on here, and that is Okan trying to get Top Knot Suji to join the Empire and attack, that's uh, right. and yeah. attack um, Tanahashi. So... You know, we we have several times where, you know, there is a moment, a, a morality tale, if you will, between um, Okan tempting, um, you know, Suji to help him defeat 
you know, Tanahashi. Well, now, we all knew that Suji is loyal to Tanahashi. However, oh, yeah. there's a couple moments in this match where you're kind of wondering, without any groundwork, you're wondering, is Suji, does he have something worked out with Okan that we don't know about? And that was fucking cool. I really love that. I love that uh, Tanahashi turns the tables on Okan and says, oh, you fuck my leg? Is that what you said? Fuck my leg? No, fuck your leg. And then <laughs> this is when the cool shit starts happening. This is when I st- I messaged you and said, man, Okan is crushing it. Okan was selling his leg and he was selling it so well in the way that a heel should, a power strong you know, power move type heel should a guy uh, who you know isn't a guy who speaks a lot, a guy who you know speaks with his actions, not with his words. That he he became the character of Okan. It's so fucking important. And you know, I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I'm thinking to myself, this isn't a never match, but I fucking love it. You know, and yeah. it's so good, and we get to see, you know. Through all this stuff that's going on, all these stories that I just told you are being told, Okan turn into the character of Okan. He, he you know, the, the character, the, the wrestler Oka turns into the character of Okan right before our eyes. He grows. And we're going to see another wrestler grow tremendously tonight as well uh, on this show. But this was the first time uh, on this show that we had it. And when he hit that inverted F5 torture rack looking thing, it was oh shocking. And the crowd, they they did the <gasps> they did the the Japanese ooh. That's what they did. And and that's when I first noticed the crowd was like, hey, we're just gonna talk now. And so for the rest of the night, the crowd was vocal. Not as vocal as they normally would be, but when those moments hit, unlike on night one, the crowd, oh and silence and you can feel the air being sucked out of the room in a good way and man i'm sitting here in my living room it was like i was there luke i can't tell you how much this meant to me and i know you're a fan of pro wrestling i'm a fan of pro wrestling the people are listening life has been rough it's been shitty and since wrestle kingdom i haven't had that feeling you know and, and this match gave me that feeling, and the next two matches gave me even more, and man, I, I needed this so bad. This was so cool. Thank you, Okan, for being awesome, and thank you, Tanahashi. I needed it. I've been saying it, man. I need this guy to show me something. He fucking showed... Not only did he have a good match against Tanahashi, it's better than his first match against Tanahashi. Big time, yeah. But leaps and bounds. You know that episode of The Simpsons, the choo-choo-choo-choo one? Yes. And Bart's like... Look, if you freeze it right here, you can see the moment that his heart fucking breaks. <laughs> it's it's almost like you can pause it at parts of this match and be like, boom, there's the Great Okan yes. right there. We're, and We're going to look back on this match as a big turning point in his career, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And and that's, that's the fun of witnessing, you know, history. Even if it's big or small, it's still noting that those moments when they're happening – it's it's an important part of being a wrestling fan, in my opinion, and recognizing yep. those things is kind of our job. So, so I I agree. It wasn't very never. I think you said Okan's great in this match, and my snarky comment was, "This doesn't feel like a never match." <laughs> you know, that's all I had, man, because I was just like, "Yeah, this match is pretty good." <laughs> but it wasn't a never match because whilst Tanahashi, I think he can wrestle that style. Sees the Shingo match. Okan hasn't really had a chance to kind of show that never style has he no so uh if he when 
eventually you'll have Great Khan be in a more traditional never style match and I reckon if he does what he does in this match I think he'll be fine man really yes. fine just needs more uh, strikes that's it you know yeah um, man this is uh, something great I loved it damn man and I was like wow huh okay Tanahashi still got the never gold I don't give a fuck what happens now and I mean that in a in, in the the most positive kind of way because like I was just like eh, I'm I'm happy with whoever wins the junior title here. <laughs> I mean, I know who I'd want to win out of the three of them the most, but I'm just look I'm just happy Tanahashi is still never champion. Hey, but he would. Well, yeah. you know, and real quick, I just want to mention something. I'm sorry. Whenever I experience something like that that Ocon match, I I'm always you know, struggling to get into the next match, but not this time. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Jesus El Fantasmo, Bushi, and El Desperado. Uh, speaking of on, on Chumpy, being a fucking chump idiot, there are portions of this match where he's like, one, two, three, four. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I have that written uh, down. He is an idiot. You cannot DQ people in a th- triple threat match. Uh, in in Chompy's defense, how many triple threat matches would he have uh, refed compared to Western referees? Uh, because I think they say this is the first triple threat match since 2019. I've only seen maybe... I've seen less than five yes. in New Japan since I started watching it. I think there's been less than five in the history of New Japan, if, if I'm correct. Yeah, so they're not very common. But my first note here is this match fucking rules. Oh, man. Uh, El Desperado is taken out really early by a pile driver onto the ramp. And then uh, El Fantasmo goes one step further and rips his mask off. So <clears throat> I would say I know I know we can be on both sides of this with El Fantasmo. I kind of like his arsehole shenanigans. I kind of get a kick out of it. I can see why you or other people... Might be like, oh, it's a little too much, man. But, man, ELP worked most of this match. Like, it was it, it was very rarely, there was very rarely a segment of this match which was Bushi versus El Desperado. It always felt to me it was either Bushi versus El Fantasmo or El Desperado versus El Fantasmo. He's the bigger heel. You've got the two, or you've got the kind of face and the... They're both kind of faces, aren't they? Bushi's yeah. a little cheat and shit, and El Desperado will do what he has to as well. So I guess there's no one full-born baby face, but when you've got ELP there, the other two look facey by comparison. ELP, I was going to say carries this match, but that implies that he had to fucking carry the other two. That's which is accurate, definitely though. I would case. say that's accurate, though. Yeah. But he work, yeah, he works most of the match. But that doesn't. I'm not taking away from Bushi or El Desperado here. They're fucking awesome, and he's the one. ELP's the one the fans want to see get beat up. So he's going to get beat up and look amazing doing it. And then you know he's going to make everyone go, oh fuck, this smug asshole's going to win this title. Oh shit, you know because there's like a, a sudden death to. Uh, <clears throat> Is it El Despi's guts or something like that? I'm Man, this sure. is um, amazing. There's an amazing save at one point by Bushi. He couldn't he couldn't uh, jump on top of the the pin, so he just grabs Chumpy's hand. Uh, oh, of course, like 
El Desperado makes it back to the ring. Someone brings out a new mask and they they put it back on him. But it was it was really fucking cool. And then you get this point where Bushi's out on the outside and double pinche locos, meaning like this big double fuck you. Now I've got double gold. El Desperado two belts in the fucking house. The crowd <sighs> lost their minds. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's the. Uh... The opening uh, thing that we heard in the in the intro is the finish of this match. Um, so a triple threat match is, uh, you know, renowned among wrestlers as being difficult to do. Um, and the reason is, is because two guys wrestle, right? Well, what about three? Well, that's kind of uneven and difficult. So what ends up happening in these matches is that one guy gets taken out and then two guys wrestle. And that is nine times out of ten how almost entire triple threat matches are Mm -hmm. and this one is special because they use so much creativity to allow all three guys to be involved at the same time for most of the match and and when they did take out desperado and bushi at times it was in a very dramatic fashion that told story for example not only does elp ripping off desperado's mask disrespect desperado but it also disrespects hiromu because that was that's what Desperado had to go through to almost beat Hiromu, you know, was yeah. to lose his identity. So there's that callback to that. And the fact that Desperado or ELP runs around and makes light of Desperado and puts that mask on himself, man, he got what was coming to him. And it was just perfect storytelling. It was expertly done. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a no DQ. So why are we trying to, you know, do rope break type things? They only did that once though. And I would describe ELP as the workhorse of this match. He is involved in everything that goes on. And he didn't stop the whole match. It's an insanely high work rate match. I don't know how long it is, but it seems like it was like 30 minutes at least. I mean, it was long and and it didn't feel that way. It's just, I just knew, man, so much has happened. And when Desperado returns... He's the, it's so fun to see these, these, um, you know, Suzuki gun guys in the traditional babyface roles. In this case, he's the vengeful babyface returning to take out ELP who disrespected him and disrespected his journey, <laughs> you know? And <laughs> they did a crazy tower of doom spot where Bushi is the one giving the power bomb at the bottom. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, ELP starts to do the bullet club leader thing, which is to start to do the finishers of bullet club leaders pass, which leads to a win. Right. But not in this case, he does the styles clash. He does V triggers, but he tries the one winged angel and it doesn't work. And that's kind of his undoing um, because, you know, he's too focused on being fancy. And because of that, He's distracted. He hits that uh, that kick on Bushi. Bushi rolls to the outside. We get some creative false finishes uh, like that. But then, like you said, Desperado, the vengeful baby babyface, comes in, hits the, uh, you know dose pinche locos. He hit that first one. And I was like, I don't know, man. And then he, he went for the second. One. I was like, yes. There's no yeah. way he's losing. This is it. El Desperado after nine years finally gets the junior heavyweight title and at the that's top, his first time yeah that's fucked. yeah i agree and and at the top of the show i mentioned 
how I was worried about New Japan. I was worried that, oh man, this is uh, these main eventers are getting hurt. The roster's really thin. They're sending guys off to other countries. And this is what I meant when I say their mid-carters are full of, of you know top guys because Desperado is a top guy and he proved it again. All right, here's something they did. They've done this time that they did the last time Hiromu got injured. They still booked a title around him. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't believe me, who's the champion when Hiromu comes back from New Japan the last time? I'm pretty sure it was uh, Ryu Lee. Okay. Which led to, you know, who, yeah. who has history with Hiromu. So, El Desperado, he's the champ. I mean, uh, hopefully he'll be ch- champ for approximately six months. But who who would be the perfect person for Hiromu to maybe eventually face when he comes back? Because he, when he gets back, he doesn't even have to wrestle anyone. He'll be like, I've lost the belt twice. I've had to give up the belt twice, and I haven't lost it. Oh, he's Gimme. automatically in the, in the conversation. Oh, fuck yeah. And, and this match also sets up two future opponents for Desperado. Easy. Yep. <laughs> this is really smart booking. It was great. This is good stuff, man. This is, a, yeah. you know, I, I am... There's some little ref nip, nitpicks you can make there, but, yeah, who cares? Hey, but, uh, I loved it. Um, I didn't know anything nitpick about it, but, you know, I'm just... I mean, uh, like, Chumpy going, one, two, three, and I'm like, that doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't affect or ruin the match at all, but you, you notice things like that, and, and being, like, uh, a pedant that I am, I'm going to have to mention it. Well, if ELP wasn't so busy doing everything in that match, he could have ripped on Chumpy. You know, that would have been a great yeah. opportunity for him to make <laughs> Chumpy look chumped. You know, so to chump out Chumpy. Chump. Yep, that's right. And here we go. Uh, our main event, which is, yeah, I feel like almost feel the same as last the previous night, where I feel like I just watched the main event. But unlike Evil and Okada, uh both men in this match are switched on and want to go and want to put on a good match. So I really liked this match between Naito and Ibushi. It's not their best match together, I don't think. It's something a little different as well because they spend a lot of the time working their each other's legs, which is definitely not what they're known for in the commentary. <laughs> we'll talk about that non-fucking-stop. Hey, did you know they don't work the leg? Oh, yeah. By the way, they don't work the leg, usually. Listen, oh, yeah. Why aren't they fucking dude. going on each other's necks? I'm like, yes, I get it. Stop I, mentioning I, the I neck love, stuff because I'll be disappointed if I don't see any of it. I love those guys, but subtlety is not their strong no. point. They are so – when they have a point to get across, it is obvious. And it's like, okay, guys, yeah. let's let's take it back a notch. Jesus. Yeah. But I also get it too. They're watching Naito and Ibushi, ELP, Bushi, El Desperado, Tanahashi Okan. They're fucking excited. I get it. Yeah. Uh, So this match takes a little while to get going, but it's definitely not in a way that I felt last, the the previous night. These These two know how to build it up, hit the gear. There's a freaking... I think it was at Valencia or Gloria that uh, Naito hits, and it looked like it was. Fu- it looked fucking devastating. <laughs> was, didn't Naito pull out a few things he hadn't done for a while as well? I think so. I my my notes are not as detailed on this match as the other matches because no. this was kind of more of the same, whereas the other stuff was like brand new, like holy shit, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. Naito and Ibushi is always a reliable way to end a show. They didn't let me down, but I don't think they surpassed anything they had done previously. And the ending left me scratching my head a bit. This was the other finish that I was like, oh, um, okay. Now, dear listeners, you may know that um, my wife's favorite New Japan pro wrestler is Kodo Bushi. And uh, I'm telling her about this uh, Naito storyline, and she's, excuse me, she's seen some of it as, as, you know, she dips in and out. And she turns to me, she's like, I hope Naito wins that match. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I do too, but yeah. I think a lot of people were going not for the clear-cut baby face. Everyone was going for, according to the people I interact with anyway, uh, everyone was going to uh, root for Tetsu and Naito. And I guess I just got it too stuck in my head. Yeah, I don't want the belts to become one. I think it's a shit idea. Uh, I don't want that. I do not want, do not want. I don't know how, I can't make it any clearer than that, Mr. Andy. Just don't like it. So I I just had it in my brain that I think Naito is going to win this and Kamagoya to the back of the head and I was like, yeah, it's over. And not long after that, front style Kamagoya and Kota Ibushi retains the Intercontinental Championship. We'll talk about what happens a little bit after this match, uh, but we'll get your thoughts on it. You know, I don't have a ton to say about it because it's it would just be repeating stuff we've already said about this match in the past, you know. Um, it's awesome. It's an excellent match. It's a great main event. They crushed it. They're hurting each other in ways that are innovative and scary, and that's what you want to see. Dudes are taking sick bumps. You know, uh, simple a simple clothesline looks like a man has been killed. I mean, that's what these guys are doing. It's amazing. And... I just, you know, I was surprised by the finish as well. However, you know, I'm thinking I, the only way I can see this avoiding now the the title being, uh, you know, combined or whatever is that maybe Naito proved a point, you know, and maybe yeah. that's the only thing I can think of. But People that, will want to not only challenge for that title, but give it everything they have to get that title. And maybe... You know, this is a way for Naito or for that title to become free again without somebody have to, having to pin Ibushi to get it. You know, maybe. I, maybe Ibushi will be like, listen, I want to sponsor a tournament and this is going to be for the IC Championship. Naito proved his point. And that, that's kind of what I see going forward. However, um, my brain is trying to block out any possible path that means that the IC title has gone. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think the history of it's been too storied for it to be kind of swallowed up and maybe forgotten. I, I don't like it, but yeah. Um, you said this a few episodes ago, Mr. Andy. And whilst I still think Kota Ibushi is a badass in the ring, you know, who'd be a better double champ? Uh, Murder Ibushi. I, you tell me. Murder Ibushi. Oh, yeah. He didn't come out in this match, really. No. This clean cut, I'm a good guy that won't let you down. No, nah, that's got to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I... This title reign... 
Because this is a guy it's, who could knock your fucking block off. Yeah, and I've it's seen been it. underwhelming in my opinion, but you know, I've se- I've seen Abushi just go from, all right, let's wrestle to I'm gonna fucking snap you in half, <laughs> and I can do it too, and he doesn't lose, he doesn't gain any like heal points or whatever. It's 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 like, like everyone on Twitter in the crowd's like, oh shit, it's gonna it's gonna go down. But yeah, he didn't really hit that last night no that's fine but i i think i'd much prefer him to have that kind of demeanor rather than yeah clear-cut nice guy when he rides that line it's much more entertaining like you know the okada okada versus abushi from wrestle kingdom last year 13 that's when he started punching okada to the point where the crowd started to turn on him and and that was awesome that was a that was a tremendous peak and valley that was going on in the story of the match and um i mean you can't do that every time but if he doesn't even need to access that part of his brain to beat Naito, that's kind of sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you'd think, like, it, yeah, it would be like Ibushi having a match with Ishii, and, and Ibushi doesn't get too violent. You're just like, wait, what? It's true. You, it's true. You hate Naito and Ishii. What are you doing, dude? Get out of here. But uh, having said all that, it's still an enjoyable way to send off, you know, to finish off uh, two nights of cat attack. It was, it was, it was fine. It was twenty seven minutes fifty, uh, twenty seven minutes fifty seconds. I, I wasn't bored, and someone with like my attention span, that's really good. By the <laughs> way, the junior triple threat was twenty three twelve. Man, it seemed so, much longer. So much happened. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love, I love when a match seems long because a lot happens rather than a match is long. Because it's just long. But yeah. <laughs> well, what did you, uh, I mean, what was your top match? Was it EC versus uh, Jay? Was that the top match off Cat Attack? Uh, for me, yeah. Uh, but I really liked the triple threat. Khan fucking did something I've been asking him to do for since his debut. Show me something. So oh, I'm just wrapped about that. Really, really happy that he did. That he's, that he's had his coming out, you know, like, hey, I'm the Great Khan, this is why. I'm like, oh, sweet. But yeah, my, uh, I would say my favorite two matches, uh, uh Desperado, El Fantasmo, and Jay White versus Ishii. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it was great to see the flash of brilliance from Okan. I think that was my top match just for because it's just I just thought it was fucking awesome. Um, I because loved... we've seen him have a fucking great match for the first time. Yeah, it was like, a big deal. All... And, and I yeah. didn't mention this before, but the other wrestler that I thought grew uh, exponentially uh, in this uh, night was ELP. I mean, ELP went from yep. a guy a couple months ago that won some crappy, you know, uh, tournament that really didn't have much competition against him, uh, having an underwhelming match at Wrestle Kingdom to what he did last night, which is, I mean, he was a fantastic wrestler in that match, and he was unselfish. He did everything he could to make everybody else look awesome, and in doing that, he made himself look awesome. And him winning that title now is a given. It's just when. It's not a matter of if. It's just yeah. a matter of when. And before, when I thought that, I thought, well, that's just the guy they're pushing, and here we go. you know. But now I see what they see, and I see that this guy could be the next Kenny Omega-type wrestler, and that's kind of where he's headed. That's what track he's on. So, Yeah, he's fucking good. And, yeah, uh, 
it's funny because he has a very selfish character and uh, obviously he's probably not really like that, obviously, because we saw that match. And uh, he's, he's very good at, uh, you know, making the faces look, look good. So, yeah, he might have that selfish personality, but uh, it's just a character with boys and girls. So, yeah, it was great shit. Oh, man. Fuck. It's after all that, it just makes you want to just tap See what's next? Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, so um, that was awesome. I love Cat Attack. Yep. Um, next, there's the anniversary show, which we didn't mention. Did we mention Desperado oh, came out? Oh, no, we didn't. Yeah, let's... yeah so um, Charity was a little confused, but uh, I said uh, the anniversary show is coming up, and the junior champ always challenges the heavyweight champ. But uh, El Desperado comes out with all the gold. Kanemaru's just like, yeah, you can hold mine too, dude. You earned it. Go for it, mate. So he's almost collapsing under the weight of all that gold. On the, on the, you know, And uh, obviously he's got a taste for it because uh, <laughs> he fucking he challenges Koto Ibushi for his double goals. He's just like... Uh, no, nah, I want to do something a bit different this year. What, we just wrestle? Get out of here. I want your belts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 the, the heavyweight almost, well, he always wins this match. And I don't see El Desperado getting even that much gold. But, hey, uh, the added stipulation gives it that little bit more drama and a little bit more uh, oomph to the, uh, pre, to the match. Yeah, so... A couple of weeks ago, this might have been Ibushi versus. Oh my god. Hiromu, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. But El Desperado is a fucking great choice. In fact, he would have been my second choice. Also, you can have El Desperado fight Show as well. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yes. He's yes. got so many opponents. It, it, yeah. Just hook it up to my veins, please. Do you want to talk. Um, uh, recommend? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so every week at the end of the show, we give you weekly match recommends, and you can too at neveropenpod at gmail.com. Uh, but uh, last week, we had some really good ones, and this week we had some really good ones too. Uh, Luke, what was your recommendation for uh, last week? All right, so I went to September 23rd, 1992 at Yokohama Arena. It's an NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. It's Masahiro Chono versus steve austin yes that's steve austin and i thought it was a pretty solid match that started out hot i mean austin's even doing drop kicks on the outside shit i'm like oh okay yeah but then the the remainder of the match felt to me like it was (laughs) them both grinding each other down you know what i mean yes like uh, either into the mat or into the corner they're just trying to get that one up and just grind each other down i mean austin even puts a fucking brab on chono and i'm like what (laughs) oh chono's gonna kick your ass dude (laughs) and it it amazed me that i'd see a pile driver quite like this because in a few years time austin's gonna be in a pile driver it's a lot worse uh which is amazing to me as well because owen hart always seemed like one of the most safest motherfuckers ever but I don't think he injured out many people. Neither him or his brother did. Uh, they were really good 
but you know accidents happen shit happens but yeah chono's kind of fine like he finishes the match and all that but yeah he landed a little awkwardly on his head and there's one thing i did not expect i didn't expect austin to win this because uh this is in japan and you know it's masahiro chono he's he's their he's their boy but uh i'm not used to seeing austin tap out <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to it because, uh, you know, when he came to WWE and had that run, like, I don't think he ever tapped. So, Just yeah, that was weird for me. It was, it was solid, really interesting stuff. And New Japan World, like, if you've got more Austin matches in your fucking back catalog, what are you doing? Why aren't they on the thing? You're telling me Flair was in the G1 that year? How can I only watch the one flare match? <laughs> Who the fuck works for you and why? Um, <laughs> sorry, you're Brand good. I understand. Yeah, but yeah, um, I thought my pick from last week was better, but I still really enjoyed this one too. Well, this match is is famous for the injury, you know, and uh, I didn't realize that until I started, you know, reading up on it, and I and I watched it obviously. How um, how long was Chono out for? Uh, he wrestled again in a month, but he was never the same after that. So this is one of the one of the the like. There's a couple injuries that Chono had that kind of took him from top guy to meh. You know, to, to head of the NWO that doesn't really wrestle that well anymore. You know, so, um, but this is before the Hollywood Blonde. So this is before Austin was with Brian Pillman and he really, really developed his character finally. Um, but he's still good, but he's not like a shitty, disrespectful, like heel. Um, you know, he's just a heel. And the, at the beginning of the match, there is a shoulder tackle to the floor from Chono that is fucking awesome. They both splat oh, yeah. on the floor. It's great. Um, and then, like you said, Chono is is injured on this botched pile driver. Uh, and, you know, obviously the irony is is uh, thick there. Um, I, yeah. hope that, uh, I sure hope Austin apologized, you know, because, man, he <laughs> sure was mad at, uh, at uh, Owen Hart for not apologizing. But um, Yeah, he never apologized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so this was an NWA championship match, and Chono was the NWA champion. And he won it in that year's G1 by defeating a couple guys. He, uh, you know, he beat Austin and uh, in the G1. So I don't know why Austin got this match, but it seems like he shouldn't have. But Austin was in the G1 that year. That year it was a 16-man elimination tournament, okay? And Austin defeated in the first round Arn Anderson. In the second round, the great Muda. And then in the semifinals, uh, Chono defeated him, who went on to face who in the main event or in the finals? Rick Rude and won the G one that year, which is amazing. So, um it's, Wait, Rick Rude's been in Japan? Yeah, yeah. He was in that G one and, and he uh he made it to the finals. So that's uh, something we definitely are gonna have to look into. And I suppose Kurt Hennig's been to fucking Japan too, I has he? I imagine he has. So uh that that's awesome. I thought this was a lot of fun and I especially like learning the history around it. And what do you think of uh young Steve Austin doing drop kicks and like fucking working his ass off? Like he was good, man. He was real good. Dude, he 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 was just moving the entire time. Always switched on, always always ready to go if something didn't quite work he was able to kind of 
um, move with it and, and, and kind of make it work. Yeah, he he was great. Absolutely great. Uh, you know, apart from that one. I didn't even know this match was famous for that. Uh, I, I was like, oh, that, that, excuse me, that pile driver looked a little nasty. Oh, Chono's all right. He's finishing the match. I he's had not, no idea that. He's not all right. He's not all right at all. No, he's not all right. Um, and it was like, it was a, a bunch of stuff like that that happened <coughs> in a small amount of time that kind of made his career go in the tank, which sucks. But uh, but anyway, um, okay, well, my recommend from last week was a high work rate super tag team match with championships on the line at Wrestle Kingdom 11 from the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, 2017. It is an IWGP heavyweight, or excuse me, junior heavyweight tag championship match. It's the Young Bucks versus Rapongi. Rapongi. Rapongi Vice. Rapongi Lights? Rapongi Vice. Rapongi Knights? <laughs> so, this match to me is all about this one hilarious spot, which I love um, so much. So, like I said last week, that me and Lexus Montez used to just watch it over and over again and laugh and laugh and laugh. And that is when um, it's a high work Should rate match. Flying? Do what? Is it where Trent goes flying? Yes, when Trent Beretta does a yeah. backdrop to the outside. It is a tope con hero to the outside and just lands on the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> what do you... So, I don't know. You know, you've seen lots of Young Bucks matches and stuff. And, and what do you think of my comparison of this match to kind of what goes on in AEW with their tag matches now? Is this similar to what you see? I mean, you know, and, and tell me... You know, everyone knows I like this. It's high work rate. It's good stuff. The Young Bucks are doing their shit. The fucking, uh, you know, uh, Rapongi Vice are amazing. We get forever clotheslines. We get, you know, Beretta dying. We get all that shit. It's amazing. What did you think? As a, all right, they're heels in this match, the Bucks. Mm -hmm. And they haven't really been healy in AEW. So do they still do a, a lot of the Young Bucks shtick? Oh, fuck yeah. Of course they do. That's what they're famous for, and they do it well. But they haven't really been like mega dicks yet. So we haven't seen them be quite like they are in this match, which is like super healy and total douchebag assholes. Right. But, uh, having said that, I still really like what they're doing with the bucks over at the, the other joint, but I thought this was a really fun match and, it has all the cool, like, creative spots that you'd expect and, like, reversals and stuff. The ending's pretty cool. They're going for this, like, major power move and then it gets turned into a pin and stuff and <laughs> Rocky, Rocky pins one of the bucks. I don't... I can't tell them apart and I know they do it all the time. This is this one and this is that one and partway through the match, I just totally fucking forgot because they look too similar. Uh, to me, I don't even care if one's got like massive sideburns, the other one doesn't. <laughs> I still just like buck one and buck two. There you That's go. That's the names. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Rocky's just an amazing underdog, isn't he? He's awesome, man. I hope he gets his dream of having at least one reign with that junior title. And I know he's already had one, but he was Black Tiger at the time, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'd like him to have a... I don't, I don't need it to be a mega long uh, Thunder Liger type reign. It could be a couple of months, but... Man, I think he's earned it, man. He's really good. Yeah, Rocky's the best. And, and you know, Rapongi Vice was one of my favorite tag teams. They're so great. 
and half their spots, the young, you know, the the fucking best friends to do now because you know it's yep. just the way it is. But um, it's just, I mean, like, I just this is what tag team, you know, the junior tag division used to be in New Japan was this, just this shit all the time, and it was awesome. You know, the young bucks come out, they have three titles. You know, they got the Ring of Honor yeah. t- titles. They're they coming got- out like um. Who was that dude in WCW that came out with so many belts? Oh, uh, uh, the Ultimo Dragon that had like 20 Yeah, belts. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and, and they also have their own belts, which is the ultimate heel move to make your own belt, which is the <laughs> Super Kick titles, which this was right as uh, the Hardys were starting to get their shit rolling and they were going on their excursion to, you know, g- collect gold and all that stuff. And they ended up winning the super kick titles and the ring of honor titles. And I don't know, it was really fun. It reminded me of a, a really fun time in wrestling. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, some of the reasons I like these matches is for, you know, the nostalgia that it gives me for just a couple oh, years ago. So, you know, yeah. So what's your uh, recommend for this week, Luke? All right, so maybe it's because it didn't feel too never open weighty that uh, I, cho- I chose a never open weight title match. Nice. Uh, no offense to either Okan or Tanahashi. <laughs> you do, you dudes, keep doing what you do. That was that was a great match. But I wanted to see a, a match from February eleventh in twenty fourteen in Osaka. That was just a coincidence. <laughs> But it's an ever open weight championship match. It's the champion, Tetsuya Naito, versus the challenger, Tomohiro Ishii. Okay. Now, if you type in Naito and Ishii, just scroll right down to the bottom. Like, I think of the last page or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's how I found it. Okay. Because uh, turns out they've wrestled each other a few times. Hey. <laughs> yes, they have. Um... And I kind of I had to get the date right, and I was... Yeah, there's four pages, so if you click on just the four and uh, then scroll all the way down, I don't just do this for your benefit. I, I don't know how good or bad uh, our listeners are at scrolling through the fucking thing, but, yep, it's right down the bottom, and uh, you can see it right there. Yeah, so, yeah, that's going to be my pick. Uh, should be good. All right, awesome. What's, what's well, I, I was in a similar mood, however... I wanted to mix in the New Japan Cup a little bit, too, because that's coming up. Um, Mm. And uh, mine is a pretty never match, although it's not for the never title. It is from March 12th, 2017, the year that I loved New Japan so much that I just constantly recommend matches from that year. But Mm -hmm. it's it's from the Amagasaki City Memorial Park Gymnasium. It's a seventh match at the New Japan Cup 2017. First round, Katsuyori Shibata versus Minoru Suzuki. What? Oh, yeah. I can't wait now. Fuck. <laughs> they're they're gonna Jeez. punch each other and they're gonna hit each other and it's gonna be never as fuck. Oh man. I wish I could have just been like, alright, now we're doing this flare match. Alright, now we're doing this flare match, and I'll just run through the flare matches. <laughs> yes. Fucking New Japan World, get off your ass. Uh, and put your shit on there so people can watch it. Hey, well, I uh, will submit this to you. You know, we can open the rules and relax the rules of our our uh, recommends. And if you can find it on YouTube or you can find it on Daily Motion, we can recommend that stuff too. You know, it's it's yeah, that's just, true. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be on New Japan World, and sometimes it shouldn't be because they fucking cut the Brody, you know, the 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 fucking entrance of Brody off. <laughs> 
So, I mean, they, they fuck shit up sometimes on that, and it's a little frustrating, but, you know, it is what it is, so. Yeah, they often cut the entrances off, though, to really old matches. If it's a match from the last, like, five or six years, though, you'll get everything. But uh, just before I say the line, Bart, just before I do that, did anyone win fucking stickers and shit or what? Or No. Oh, what? In Gator We Trust? Afterburner.